did you actually read what Jesus said? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. he's either crazy, a liar, a lunatic, Tech, or he or is who Lord. he says he yeah. is, and he's Lord. And so that's the conclusions we have to come up with. You can't say things like this. Right. <laughs> I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me and say, well, he had good things to say. No, the guy's crazy at that right. point. Or it's true. I'm Chuck Tate, and here at Fellowship of Believers, we encourage families, strengthen marriages, and edify the body of Christ. I'm Larry Grimm. We also promote biblical doctrine in a fun and engaging way. And I'm Sarah. And if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is The Mike Charleston Show. All right, guys. Well, welcome to The Mike Charleston Show. And uh, we are missing Chuck Tate today. So, Yeah. yeah, we're missing him. And it's just Larry and Sarah and I. So uh, welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks. Uh, busy we, weekend. So yeah, we got a we got a busy yeah we have a busy show for you. We've got a couple emails. Our consultant emailed us, and um, and so we have to change a bunch of things here. Uh, we've got some responses to some of the videos that we've yeah. done, and uh, so it, and we got a I don't know if we have another question. A couple of emails, and um, we got your your history yeah. segment and Sarah song of the week and the marriage moment, and our topic for the day. But first, real quickly, we did go to Ohio. Everybody went to Ohio. Chuck and Larry did too. Chuck's, Chuck's still, still there. there yeah. yeah, that's where he is. He went fishing yesterday. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Did he catch anything? They got a lot. Oh. They, yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the first time. Did he catch so, 153 fish? Probably wasn't not. that many. Okay. No, no. So we went up to the oh, uh, the Ohio Fellowship Camp. Uh, I, I guess is that, that that's what they call it. Yeah, and uh, got to saw a number of the listeners, watchers. I, I don't know viewers. Uh, most of them are podcasters, probably. Right. Yeah. But maybe not. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Meeting people, it was kind of awkward a little bit. Yeah. Meeting people that knew you, but you didn't know them. A number was, of people came up to me. It was like, I know the voice, I know yeah. you, but you don't know me. And and I was glad to meet them. So there was a number of people I got to meet, and I'm sure you got to meet too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people were saying, you're their favorite. I'm like, well, that's wow. it. We're cutting Larry off. And <laughs> <laughs> so, no. No, yeah, that cost me a lot to have him say that. But. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. No, that's all right. Well, anyway. So today's subject matter today, so we don't have Chuck with us, but uh, we're, we've been going through the book of John, uh, the Bible yeah. Bee, our kids are part of the Bible Bee, and we've been doing the book of John for Bible like study. Leviticus. No, John is not Leviticus. It's not like Leviticus no, at all. not at all. Actually. Uh, but yes. John, it is, it's a great book, obviously, and it's one of the better books on who Jesus is. And, yeah. I mean, that is yeah. the whole yeah. thrust of the the book is who is Christ, and so we wanted to as we're studying this, uh, we wanted to point this out. I think most people know this, but maybe not. You know, there's there's seven I am's yeah. in the book of John, and so we're going to talk about the seven I am's. Wasn't there also today. seven miracles? I'm not so sure about that. I, I, I thought, thought so. there was five. I, I feel like I, I read somewhere they had seven IMs and seven signs. Yeah, seven, seven signs, miracles. and I don't okay. know if they necessarily matched up, but that's I, that's a good question. Yeah. We I were, thought there were seven miracles, but maybe not, but well, I'm pretty sure there are. I mean, I got a computer right here. I could quickly say how many... <laughs> How many miracles? I think were there in were at least seven, but I guess it depends on how yeah, you count Yeah, because I thought that we so. talked about this before in Bible study, and I said, "Well, I think there's eight, because the last one is oh, Jesus yeah. raising himself from the dead." Is that a miracle? Well, I, I would think so. But <laughs> that's, that's John records weird. only seven miracles. Anyway, yeah, so okay. yeah seven miracles. Well, so I can't believe you doubted. <laughs> when you talk about, you say seven I am. So yeah. What do you think is so important about an? I am. The I am. So, yeah. So, people are like, so what? There's seven I ams. What do you mean yeah. I am? So, like I said, I assume most people know this, but maybe not. And I don't want to take anything for granted. Right. And if you if you don't know something, you're, you're probably going to learn something new. And if you already know this, then, hey, be encouraged. That's right. Um, Refresher. But, but way back in, um, is it Exodus? It is. 314. Yep. Exodus. It there's says. a whole story there about Moses, who's going to lead his people out of... Uh, God wants Moses to lead his people yeah. out. Let my people go. And the uh, Moses is arguing and being like, I, I, I can't. I, Don't I, pick I, me. Right. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. 
and people don't like me. <laughs> and besides that, who am I going to say sent me? Right. And so the Lord spoke to him and said, say, I am sent you. And you're like, right. I am. Okay. I am that I am. Right. And then uh-huh. he actually sends signs with him. Yep. Once again, this is con- the connection here. There's signs that followed him to prove what he had said. And so he was like, I am who I am. And so I am is a very important thing for the, is the Jewish mind. Right. Like they, they, they know who the, the I am is. And um, so anyway, Moses then goes, which by the way, this is just a total side note, something I found very interesting uh, as I, we were studying for this. And I don't know if I was studying for something else, but a number of the pictures of Christ in the Old Testament, especially the kings and all that, people who are deliverers, right? they all were rejected the very first time they came. Like Moses was rejected the first time he went. Oh, yeah. Um, Joseph was rejected by right. his brothers. And they all went into exile or something with amongst the Gentiles. Well, even David, he was the rejected. last son. Yeah. Yep. And he and was rejected, and he went amongst yeah. the, the the Gentiles and right. and then came back as a conquering king. So there was a number of those uh, examples, and I thought that was kind ah, of interesting. Yeah, so, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's not our subject, but... No, but uh, that's good. I, I yeah. never thought about that. That's an interesting little side note. Okay, but, so we have these I am statements. Right. But why seven? Well, so ah, seven. Yeah. The, so if you're into numerology and... I'm into numerology mm, on a scale of one to 10, about a seven. (laughs) (laughs) I like what I did there. Um, And and that means the study of numbers and just in case. Okay. Numerology is the study of numbers. I don't want to be condescending. No, no, no. But the number seven in the Bible, most people agree is the number of completion or perfectness and, and it's a very significant well, number. By the way, I mean the numbers in the Bible. It, it is amazing when you do study that, yes. and you see the how it all works out. It is amazing. It is. It's yeah. a miracle. But yeah, well, honestly, and, and and people like Chuck Missler does a deep dive oh, yeah. in some of these yeah. numbers and the mathematical things that actually proves the Bible. Yeah, yeah. In in a very that the Bible has to be not human made no. because yeah. of the structure of how it was and. Anyway, one of the structures is the heptatic, hep, heptatic structure. Easy heptatic. for you to say. Heptatic. <laughs> but the D at the end, not a T. Heptadic. Right. right. Okay. The, I was looking up this other one and kept coming up with liver issues. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I want the heptatic structure. And the heptatic structure is mainly where it's a bunch of sevens yeah. and in, in, with, within the, the text. And so John perfectly, purposely has seven I am's uh, about Christ and seven miracles right. of the yeah. signs for a very, very specific reason. I'm pretty sure he did that, uh, or at least God did that. Uh, oh, yeah, I think so, because the book of John is basically the, who Christ was. Right. And, and when we actually look at the seven, it's going to be pretty clear that he's saying who Christ is. So an example of the hypnotic structure is the, the biggest one that you can really see is in Revelation. Oh, yeah. And we all, yeah. And if you study your Bible any length of time, you know that there are, you have a list of, you don't have the list right there. Where, where is it? I, I got it. Well, the book of Revelation, I, I heard recently somebody say that there were 50 just clearly where it says seven right. in Revelation. But then there's probably over 2,000 if you search a little deeper and you, you right. know, it doesn't just, doesn't just say seven, but when you look a little deeper, wow. you're like, oh, there's actually seven of that. There's seven of that. Okay, so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's some of it's hidden in there, like you yeah. were saying, and some of it's pretty clear. Right. Like seven bowls and the seven churches. Seven churches. Yeah. Seven spirits, seven eyes. Yeah. You know, there's a, a number of them. You have the seven stars, the seven bowls of wrath, the seven trumpets, the seven promises to the overcomer. That's interesting. That's more of a hidden one, I'm guessing. Seven lamps. Seven lampstands. Yeah. Seven plagues. Seven plagues. Seven mountains. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Seven Kings. Yeah. And there's it's so so just do your own search in Revelation. There is plenty of of the heptatic structure there. It's within the seven 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 all over the place. And so Revelation is a very interesting study in and of itself. And when you right. count the actual words in Revelation, it comes out to twelve thousand words. Yeah. So that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. 
But the uh, so anyway, we're 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 talking about number seven. That's twelve thousand only in the King James Bible. Well, sure, sure. Yeah. Just right. want to clarify that. I understand. <laughs> All right, so back to the seven IMs. What is the first? I the first one. Okay, statement. so now we're getting into the seven I am's, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So these are all great stories. I mean, if you're reading the book of John, these are awesome stories. So we're not going to do like a deep dive in all seven. We're, we don't have that much. We don't have that much time. Right. So we're going to just briefly go over them. You should go back and, and reread some of them. Maybe we'll throw out a little nugget or something. I, I don't know, but we don't. We're not going to spend. We could easily spend an hour on each one of these. Right. And we were tempted to do that. But um, no one's in for a seven-part series. So um, anyway, the the first one is the bread of life. Yeah, that wouldn't go over very well today. No, unfortunately, I, I watched a video on YouTube. It was how America ruined bread. Okay, was the title. Wow. And basically, and you can see this. They took the wheat, stripped all the good stuff out of it, left just the flour. Sure. To and then added stabilizers and dough enhancers and things like that to make it more. Shelf stable sure. and wow. softer, but bread, the wheat. When you make the whole wheat, it's actually life sustaining. Right, you got the whole germ, the wheat germ, and all that in it, and it's really, really good for you. And it's been a staple of civilization since the beginning of, yep. of time. So that's why prisoners are given bread and water, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's why I think Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life. And all you see that what did God feed the Israelites? It was some sort of bread or manna. some, fl- yeah, manna, right. manna yep. from heaven. Well, and the other thing is, right before this, right before he says he's the bread of life, the story is he feeds the five thousand, yeah. and then he challenges them on their thinking, and is like, "Well, you only follow me because I gave you bread." Yeah, and he's like, "But I am the bread, bread of, of life. life," and that's got a you know, like, what are you trying to say? And even he goes so far just to if you don't eat. Right. Of my flesh yeah. and drink Fear of my, my blood. blood, you know, you have no part of me. And so they're like, whoa. whoa. Okay. Is he talking about being a cannibal? Right. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing here? And, but, the, you know, he's the bread. So, like you were saying, it's a sustainer, it's a, it's a basic thing that keeps right. us alive and uh, bread. So, it's food, it's sustenance. It's, well, what I like is that he says he is the bread, not that he gives us bread. Right. Right. Like he did in the Old Testament, yeah. gave a manna, which is great and all. But he is the bread. He is. So it's not just something he gives us. It's and something I he tell is. You, there's nothing better than a hot, fresh loaf of bread coming mm. out of the oven with some butter on it and mm. some yeah. honey. I <laughs> do like a, some butter on Yeah. Mm, anyway. Or if you fry it and put some Ooh. sugar oh, on top. Okay. Well, we should probably move good. on to number two yeah, before sorry. we get okay. too hungry. So number two is the light of the world. Now, this one's an interesting one. Uh, the story... He, he comes out and uh, is John eight twelve right? Yep. You want to read that? He says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, I was reading somewhere where one of the, I think it was the uh, f- festival of... Feast of Tabernacles. Booths? The Tabernacles? Is tabernacles. that the same thing? Right, yeah. The Feast it of, might be the same. I think it's the same. Okay. Yeah. Tabernacles where they, they, they light this, basically this huge menorah type thing. You know, I, I don't know if it's technically a menorah, but the, it's this candle stand. Uh, they, they light this thing and it lights up like basically the whole city. Yeah. And it's uh, a very bright thing. And light is a very important thing to the Jews. It's a light, it's important to everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the light. I mean, when you're in darkness, you can't see. And the fascinating thing about this one is right after he says this, he heals a blind man. Yeah. So, like, okay, I am the light, and let me prove this. I'm going to let this guy see again because yeah. he was in darkness. Yeah. Now he's in light, and, and so I, I like that little contrast there. Where, oh yeah. You know, right after yeah. he says this, he heals the blind man, and uh, so yeah, light is a very important thing. Yeah. You know, dark darkness can't overcome light, but light will overcome darkness. Yeah. You know, it's fun, and it doesn't take a lot of light. No. Nope. Like you go into a room that's completely dark, and you have a little bit of a light. And it's amazing how much your eyes can adjust to that little bit of light and how much you can see. Well, you can see, like That's, even like even war, they tie it, tell people, don't smoke or what, because you're at night yeah. and you can see that little speck, yeah. you know, from a long ways away. And you're like, you just gave away your position. Right. So, and like yeah. you said, you never hear of 
a dark room overpowering the light. The light right. always overpowers the darkness. So he is the light. Also, in the Old Testament, they were uh, the cloud by day and the the fire by night. Right. And I was listening to someone, and I didn't quite understand how he was getting this, but he's basically saying he's that cloud also, the, the cloud and the fire that lit up the night, but the cloud protected. And the next story was the woman caught in adultery, how he protected uh, that woman from being stoned. And I thought, okay, well, whatever. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, good point. Well, right, plus, no. in the desert, the light at night would help keep him warm. Yes. As well. So provide comfort, security, warmth, sure. all that. I mean, so. that is who he is, right? So number three is I am the door. Yeah, and some say the door of the sheep. The door of the sheep? Yeah. Sure, right. Yeah. But I am and the door. Uh, that's John ten seven. It says, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Right. I am the door. So, uh, you know, people are like the door of like salvation. Uh, sure. That, that, that works. That, that's, that's fine. Um, and, and I was listening to some guy this past week and he was saying something about how one of the miracles was, and I'm not sure if it was right before or right after. We were trying to look that up just to confirm something. And But we know this. one of the stories was the lame man, and he wasn't allowed to go into the temple. Right. They locked him out. They shut the door on him. And Jesus now is the door, and he's opening it up, and he healed him. And now he's able to come in to the uh, uh, place of worship. Right. Synagogue. And uh, so the... Um, so yeah, he is the door, and he lets things in, keeps things out, you know, and and of the sheep. So well, which... and, and doors. I don't know. With with so far all of these, I mean, they're pretty basic. Bread is basic. Light right. door. I mean, like he's describing himself right. in very simple terms. And I don't know. Like for us, after the flood, it's like doors are. Yeah. You just don't think how important <laughs> we didn't a door have doors is. for a long time. Yeah. And but uh, I mean, when we flooded, we we didn't have doors, and we started, you know, every week or month or whenever we would get another door, it's like, wow, I have a door. Yeah. Like it just, it makes a huge difference and you just don't consider how important a door is until you don't have them. Well, <laughs> yeah. And doors, like with the light, doors give us a sense of security, knowing yeah. that we are blocking whatever's on the outside from right. coming in. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and the door for the sheep, because, you know, if you understand how the sheep were kept in this right. like pen type thing and there was a doorway and the shepherd would lay down it would actually lay down and create right. a door so right. nothing could come in or out to protect the sheep through yeah, the night he was the wild. barrier yeah protecting them right yeah. which obviously leads us to number four and that yeah. is i am the great shepherd now this one i could go on and on for a while oh, yeah. yeah because this one has great significance in the old testament a shepherd is generally the leadership of Israel. It's a picture of the, the leadership of Israel, specifically a king. And where were the kings? And Jeremiah and... Uh, I know specifically in Jeremiah and maybe Ezekiel, I think it was, where they, they talk about where the shepherds are. Where where were they? Right. Why did yeah. Babylon come in and, and take them away? And they, they blame basically the shepherds, the kings, and the kings had fa failed them. The, the leadership had failed them. And that is the exact same thing today. Look, if you are putting your trust in a man, they're, they're going to fail you. Right. And, and everyone is is going to fail you. I don't care what church you're part of. We just did one thing about the shiny, happy people. You put your faith and trust in a man to lead you, they're, you're, you're going to go astray. Right. It's just that yeah. fact. But he is that great shepherd. And not only the a shepherd, but a good one. Right. And he talks about how there's a wolf and that there's a uh, the sheep. And that there's a good shepherd and there's a hireling. And there is a bunch of hirelings out there. And he is not a hireling. He lays down his life for right. the sheep. Whereas everyone else is concerned about their own skin. And I don't care, you know, how, how good you are. Eventually, you do look out for number one somewhat. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. But Jesus doesn't. He, he gave his life for the sheep. And uh, so he is the good shepherd. And by saying that, he is... Kind of referring to himself as a king, the good king. I will not lead you astray. I will not. Uh, I will guide you and protect you uh, because I am the good shepherd. Yeah. Well, and the sheep were dependent upon the shepherd for Absolutely. food, water, shelter, protection, everything. They were. Yep. 
Well, but, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And the, one of the most famous passages of the Old Testament, Psalm 23, yes, says the, the Lord oh, is no, my, my shepherd. shepherd. So it's like we know of God referring to himself as a shepherd in the Old Testament. Now Jesus comes in the New Testament. And he's saying, I am the shepherd. I'm, yeah, right. Yeah. Wasn't the, when Joseph was bringing his family into Egypt, he said, you know, just you want to stay on the outside or they're kind of rejected because they were shepherds right. and the Egyptians didn't like shepherds. Yeah, shepherds wasn't a very um, sexy position, right? right? Yeah. I mean, you are living out with, with the sheep and it wasn't a very safe thing. I mean, no. look at David. David was a shepherd yeah. and he had to kill a lion and a bear and yeah. uh, it was a very dangerous job. Yeah. Um, but David was a, once again, a picture of Christ, right, yeah. a king, and he was a shepherd. And where do you think he learned about all that? Being a shepherd. shepherd yeah. And, yeah. Um, but he wasn't the good shepherd. You know, well, no, he, but he, he was a picture. Right. He was a good shepherd, but yeah. not the good They're shepherd. Not, and and yeah. that's what... They were saying that, hey, I am the good shepherd. I am the yeah. good shepherd. All right. So where are we all at right, now? So next we have number five. Number five, the good one right here, the resurrection and the life, right? Not that they're not all good, but yeah. in John 11, 25, 26. It says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Yeah. So in context, which is like, who's her? It was um, Mary, right? Right. Yeah. That was Lazarus' sister. Yeah. Lazarus, Lazarus had died. Lazarus stinks. Yeah. And he's been dead for four days. Right. And and he said, you know, believe in me. And she said, she actually agreed. She's like, yeah. In the in the what the right. final resurrection? Yeah. At the end of the age. Yeah. Right. And he's like, no, nope. Right, right now. now. And yeah. uh, the look on her face probably was like. What are you talking about? Yeah, what do you mean? And and so once again, another sign that what he just said, he's about to do. And so yeah. it's one thing to say, I am the resurrection. It's another thing... To actually do it. Yes. Well, and that's the, the, the raising of Lazarus. That was the considered, considered the last miracle he did in the book of John. So you see a kind of a progression. He gets to the end and right. says, it's, I am... I am I demonstrated I'm God, and now let me final, my final demonstration yep. is I have power over life and death. Yep. I, I'm, I'm in control here of the life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, yay. And he even waited. He knew Lazarus was, because he told his disciples, he found out he was sick, and he waited. Right. And he says, okay, it's time, because Lazarus, is, he's, he's trying to be kind about it, and he said he's asleep. And they're like, well, if he's asleep, that's good. <laughs> he's like, no, he's dead. It's he's time dead. to go. Yep. Which to me, I'd be like, well, then why are we going if he's already dead? And then Mary and Martha, they get there and they kind of say, if, if you, you were here. Yeah. What happened? Right. Why didn't you come heal him? But he's like, I'm going to show you something better than the healing that I could have done if I was here earlier. Yeah, because there was a healing earlier. I don't think it was in the book of John, uh, Jairus' daughter. Right. And the the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, were there, and they saw it. Yeah. But to, to me, they're probably like, okay, she had just died, whatever. We saw God raise yeah. him from dead. But four days? Four days. Like, and he is dead, dead. Yeah. <laughs> he is. We don't want to open that tomb. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But he was like, he, he could do this one, he could do that one. So, yeah, resurrection and the life. Yeah. yeah so, I was listening to somebody talk about this one. They were talking about you have to ask yourself, why was there death in the first place? Why was there death? Because sin entered the world, right? Right. Yeah. In Romans 5, uh, 12, wherefore as one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Right. So death is the result of that sin. That, uh, that that was the punishment on the human race. So that's why even after you get saved, you're still going to die. That right. is, that, that's still the punishment for sin. And we still have sin. Like just because we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ doesn't mean that our personal acts of sin are still you know, attached to our physical bodies and right. yeah, so we're still dying. But that raises a good point. What gave Jesus the ability to say and to demonstrate that he is the resurrection and the life. Because he was sinless. Right. He overcame sin. Right. It wasn't because he was um, God, which he was, but he was also man. He right. was flesh and blood just like we are. Right. And he was tempted just like we are, but right. he overcame. So yeah. his overcoming sin gave him the ability. He earned the right to, to be that yep. overcoming Savior. All right, so, number six, right? Number six, yep. What do we have? Number six. 
The way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So he's just like, this is exclusive. And yeah. this is the problem. You know, a lot of people like to say, well, Jesus was a good person. Right. Yeah. And Jesus had some good things to say. Well, like uh, Josh McDowell and C.S. Lewis before him, you know, made these arguments. It's not new to us or unique to us, but... Like, did you actually read what Jesus said? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. he's either crazy, yeah. he's demon possessed, or you know, he or he's he's a liar, a lunatic, Tech, or he or is who Lord. he says he yeah. is, and he's Lord. And and so that's the conclusions we have to come up with. You can't say things like this. Right. <laughs> I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. And uh, no man comes unto the Father but by me. And say, well, he he had good things to say. No, the guy's crazy at that right. point. Yeah. Or it's true. Or it's true, yeah. And yeah. so that's the, the question you have to ask yourself. Do you really think he was crazy? So all those nice little things he says, you do have to realize it's either true or it's not true. You right. can't have it in between. Yeah, there's no middle ground. He didn't leave any middle ground. Right. So it's either he is who he says he is or he's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's and obviously, some lunatic. You, you could probably guess what we believe. Right. <laughs> so, but yes. But uh, in another passage, to tie this together, he says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yep. Yeah. So if you know Jesus, you'll, he'll you'll set ha- you free. Yeah. Yep. He is the truth. That's yep. right. That's right. All right. We got one more. And one the last one. The last one, the true vine. The true vine. John 15, 1. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. So the, the vine refers back to Israel in the Old Testament uh, right. on a few occasions. You have a, some some of those. Yeah. Uh, it's a metaphor uh, for God's vineyard and, you know, the the, the, the nation of Israel was is his vineyard. And yeah. um, Psalms 80, 8 through 9, uh, what does that say, babe? It says, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparedst room before it and didst cause it to take deep root and it filled the land. Yes, in Isaiah, Israel is the vineyard. I don't know if we want to read all of what, I guess it's just this one, but uh, now I will sing to my beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it and and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes, wild and sour. So mm. now we see why Sarah reads the Bible verses. And <laughs> so, yep. sour but grapes. Israel wasn't fruitful like no. God right. had hoped yeah. that it would be. And so that, that was kind of the problem. And so, but you had this vine that had grown up. And so he comes and says, I'm the true vine. So that right. meant a lot more to them. And we we're just like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah if you know anything about a vine, obviously you can just say, well, the vine, I can't do anything apart from him. That's true because the vine, you know, produces, but that is so true. He is, that's what Israel was lacking. They, they weren't that true light. They yeah. weren't the light of the nations. They weren't free. You know, they were enslaved many times because yeah. of the, going after other gods. And so he is that vine um, that is the truth, the way, the life, you know, and yeah. he is the one that will, will bring forth the fruit. So, so another, every, oh, everything we need comes from him. Right. So everything vine, we need. Another picture of that is when uh, uh, Moses sent out the 12 spies and they came back. Two of them were carrying a, a cluster of grapes. It took yeah. two men to carry it. That was the promised land. Right. It was so fruitful. And yeah. Right. They would have had uh, grapes aplenty, I guess. Yes. Grapes aplenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had big grapes. Yeah. I, so. I don't know if that would be good or not. I, if I had a grape this big and uh, I like grapes. Yeah. But I think you like white or, white or um, purple grapes, red grapes. I like them both. Yeah. What's the other one? The long uh, moon moon shape or something? I don't know, but they're good. They have a bunch of grapes. Yeah. Cotton candy grapes. Oh, yeah. Those are yeah, really muscadine good. grapes around here. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. I guess. The skin gets a little bitter. Yes. Have like, you ever had a sour grape? Um, like bit into it? Oh, and yes. I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. rough. <laughs> I like grape leaves. Does that oh, count? yeah. Stuff no. with uh, okay. 
Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're we get on the food again. We got because uh, we haven't eaten yet. But see that Jesus, the bread of life, yep. and now he's the vine providing. So yeah. he, that's bread. the thing is that John is making a John does a very good job of putting this together and who Jesus is. Now the Jews study all the numerology right. and all these things. They would catch it also. And that obviously you just need one of them. I mean, I am the light of the world. You're like, okay, great. You know, I'm the resurrection and the life. But he does seven of them, which is very significant. It's complete. Jesus uh, completes everything that we need. Everything that we need in this life is in Christ, is in Messiah. And that's the title, the I am. I am that I am. I am everything. And and so the seven fits that whole completion, that whole cycle. Yep, Yep, I have everything you need. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and get out of this and we'll get to the next segment. The Mike Charleston Show. History with Larry. Okay, Larry, hopefully uh, we won't have any problems with this history time. Yeah. As we know, you're not a historian. That's right. And uh, (laughs) we try. You know, I try to keep this condensed too and it's hard to, so sometimes trying to write it, you miss some things and... Okay. But I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to make it better. But oh wait, so I have no idea who this nope. is. You probably will figure it out. Oh, soon enough, I will figure this. Yeah. Out. Do you want me to buzz in when I do? No, because no. people listening might want to. Yeah, they might want to guess. No. Okay. So oh, the suspense is killing. Yes. Me. I'm probably pronounce some names wrong. Sweet of places because you have no clue. To protect yeah, the innocent. Well, yes. it's actually. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, okay. so it, it, our story starts a long time ago in a kingdom far away. Is this Star Wars? Actually, no. Oh, but okay. it's not that far away, and it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but but the kingdom doesn't exist anymore, by the way. Oh. George was born in... George, you gave his name away already? Well, there's a lot of Georges. There is there's George Washington, George, there's Curious George, there's... Yeah, okay. George of the Jungle. We just did a George Washington Carver. I uh, see, that's right. Well, it's then it's him. probably not him. Not him. It's, it's okay, not him, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I try not to interrupt. <laughs> so, he was born in Kropenstead. I mean, I probably got that wrong. A village in the Persian kingdom. Oh. Which doesn't exist anymore. It's now uh, Saxony, Anhalt, Germany. Hmm. So I don't know where that's at either. So Do you don't know where Germany is? Well, I know where Germany <laughs> oh, okay. is. But, you know, <laughs> that's about all I know. He was the son of a tax collector. And talk about a rough start. So uh-huh. not only that, his, his mother died when he was 14. Oh. So it, his life seemed to go from bad to worse. Oh, boy. I hope yeah. you're right on this. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at a couple of different sources. and they, okay. three, or f- three, three different sources. Anyway, so as a teenager, he developed some nasty habits. Like picking uh, his nose, biting his nails. Yeah, a little worse than that. Oh. Uh, lying, stealing, and drinking. Oh. In fact, one resource said that... I think I might know who this is. Yeah. Well, hold on. Okay. Said that he was out indulging in his vices as his mother was dying. That's how bad he got. Wow. And then he even stole government money from his father. Government money? Well, that's not bad, is it? Well, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the government doesn't like stealing. No. Well, no. unless they're can the I whisper in Sarah's ear so, yeah. so she can... So he did some time for his crime. So his father was able to get him into the cathedral school in Halberstad. So oh, sure. young George could enter... The lucrative field of the clergy. Oh, because it is a good business. It was at the time. <laughs> it's money in the hands. Yes. But after a little some time at that school, he left school. That school for the University of Hale as a divinity student. Money. Yeah. Yes. So while at Hale, he was invited by one of his best friends. His best friend's named Beta, which is kind of funny. But anyway, oh. you sure this isn't Star Trek? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> to a home Bible study. Okay. So here he's a divinity student. He gets invited to this home Bible study. By where, beta. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Well, so while he was invited, while at Hale, he was invited to a small Christian Bible study, and his life was forever changed. At Hale or Yale? Hale. H-A-L-L-E. Okay, because okay, this is Germany. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, as so his life was changed forever as well as... Thousands of children, but there'll be more on that later. I know. I know now. Feeling better about your answer. I am feeling better. <laughs> okay. But it, to me, it's amazing how someone could be a divinity student, and then they go to a simple Bible study, reading the Bible, and that changes their life. Well, because that, divinity school, Bible college doesn't teach you. Yeah, much you, they're about not really Christ. interested if you're saved or not. Right. They, so. 
Uh, no, you, I lost my place. Sorry. Uh oh. So at the Bible Start study, no, at the Bible okay. study, George was converted, and he said, "This is a quote: I now no longer lived habitually in sin, though I was still overcome, and sometimes even by open sins, though far less frequently than before, but not without sorrow of heart." I read the scriptures, prayed often, loved the brethren, went to church from the right from the right motives, and stood <laughs> on the side of Christ, though laughed at by my fellow students. Mm. So yeah, George wanted to be a missionary, but did not seem to fit in with the religious system of his day. Instead, he became the minister of the chapel of Ebenezer. For, ah, Scrooge. Yeah, <laughs> for the one place said fifty-five pounds a year, which isn't much, I guess. This was in the eighteen hundreds. Because he was born in 1805. When you're talking about now, is this in England now? All of a sudden? Well, he did. I'm sorry, he did move to England. Okay, because um, pounds are in England. Yeah, and yeah. francs are, are in French, German. and German is marks, marks, marks. Yeah, yeah marks. So pounds, I don't know what a Prussian would have been. A, a, a Prussian, I think Sarah's a Prussian. Yeah, yeah. I am not. How do you know? <laughs> you don't know what a Prussian is. <laughs> Anyway, so he's in England. So, but he made some at the tra- that chapel. He was the minister, and he didn't. He wanted to be the preacher of the people, and not after just the money. And he did some radical changes in that church. One, he gave up his regular salary, so which was unheard of at the time. A clergy not getting paid, and um, or not getting paid much at all. Right. So the other thing was he he. Did away with the practice of pew renting. Uh, what? Pew renting. So wealthy people could rent a pew in the church, and the more money you had, the more upfront the pew and more prominent you were. So wow. the, the Prussians, by the way, look like they're intermingled in a lot of Germany, right. over by Russia and Poland. Yeah. So you could be Prussian, babe. Well, so could you. <laughs> so could I. Yeah, because we we're, she's like, I'm German. In my hair, we did a 23andMe. I'm more German, and she is a lot of Lithuanian. Lithuanian. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure people are so interested. So the practice of pew renting, so the, it basically excluded the poor people from finding a place to sit in the church. Oh, that goes against scripture. Yeah, yeah. Somebody should have read the book of James yes, on that right. one. <laughs> so, the other thing he did was radical in his day was he got rid of the passing of the plate. They put a box in the back for oh, donations. Oh, he was the first one, huh? From what I could tell, yeah. Okay. I don't, did he put wow. an ATM machine? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, by the way, they said he they actually uh, raised more money that way for the church than just having money. passing the plate. <laughs> so he did get rich. Yeah, not really. Not really. So and that that's good enough for as a testimony of George, but um, that's not really not what he's known for. Those any of those things. What he's known for is starting orphanages. Yeah. So. At first, him and his wife took in some girls, and then they expanded, but the neighbors kind of got mad because the got noise big, and stuff. And right. it was, they got too many kids in their house, so they needed another building. Anyway, it ended up they needed to buy land. They were able to purchase, raise the money, purchase land, and um, they built, in the end, it was uh, five houses, orphanage houses, that housed about 2,000 boys and girls. Oh. They would feed them clothe them, educate them. They were well taken care of. And he did this without ever asking for money. And there were times where they would gather to eat knowing that he didn't have any food to feed them. And he would just pray. And somebody would knock on the door and say, um, my, my, got wagon, for you. Yeah, my wagon broke and I got all this food, this milk, what you want it. So stuff like that would happen to him. He, would, he was known to pray for three or four hours a day at a time. So he was quite the man of prayer. So, but to do that without ever asking people for money, nobody, people just gave him, they, he, which is incredible. So, George is known as a man of prayer and faith, and after living a life of seeing God answer prayer, he traveled the world preaching God's word. He also outlived two wives, and he died well, at the age of 92. Well, do you have to mention that? Well, I, mean, I don't know. It's okay. just part of the, <laughs> right. I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, okay. But two wives. He and his first wife were married, I think, 40 years Okay. Wow. And then he remarried, and she was, I think, 15 years younger than him. But then he outlived her as well. Wow. So that's the story of George George Mueller. Mueller, yeah. Yeah. So a man of prayer and of faith. He was also one of the founding members of the the Brethren Church. The Brethren? Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't I was, know that. Yeah, I, I never really knew what the Brethren... It sounds like really old and whatever. Yeah. He looks but, like the Quaker Oats guy, kind of like on the... <laughs> Maybe he is the Quaker <laughs> Oats guy. <laughs> but yeah, what is, I mean, his the whole story... He has a... There's a biography out. I remember reading it years ago as a kid, and it's quite an amazing story. His life was is quite amazing. How right. just God would answer prayers for him, and and just he didn't become wealthy or famous or anything like that. He just was able to travel the world and preach the gospel, preach different churches and stuff, and people would give to his cause without even asking. Right. So all those thousands of kids he took in and cared for and gave them a home. Yeah. That's so, George Mueller. George Mueller. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. cool. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do about um, not putting that on the title subject right. thing and, <laughs> and giving it away. But uh, all right, guys. Well, this was a longer episode, and I don't even know if this is at the end or not. I forget. We, we do this in different order. So I don't know. So maybe we should just go on to the next segment or not. I don't know. All right. Thanks. The Mike Charleston Show. This is a segment where we answer your questions. Let's go! All right, we are back. And we actually have a few emails. And then, in fact, we have three emails by one guy. Wow. And uh, we'll try to make that into one email. And then uh, Brand emailed. So we're going to read Brand's first. And um, babe, why don't you go ahead and read since you're a better reader and we'll just make comments when I say, okay, all right there. Big fan Brand. Okay. Hello, show. Glad to see your take on the shiny, happy people docuseries. We used to love the Duggar shows. Fascinated about the organization and methods they used to handle mass laundry and cooking for a small army. We actually adopted some of their procedures to help run our house. Yeah, probably, huh? Yeah, I could see that. They were the closest thing to insights into how to literally run a large family household we could find. The shiny documentary was like a train wreck we couldn't look away from. Of course, we knew it would have a negative slant on Christianity, but I thought since it had some actual Duggar adult children that it would be balanced. I'm a sucker, I realize it. Aside from the Duggars, most everybody else interviewed was pretty visibly radical or sick looking. I have yet to see somebody who is doing great in their spirit and family life with blue hair, tatted up, wildly unhealthy looking. <laughs> or to use a popular ATI phrase, downcast countenance. Well, to be fair, I mean, some of those people, I, I did notice that too, where I'm like, man, these people don't look like they're doing well. And, yeah. Which is sad. I mean, obviously it sad, yeah. it's... You know, you go through something like this and then you're coming out on the other side and if you don't have Christ and, and they didn't say they necessarily weren't Christians, but it didn't sound like it. Right. But okay, yeah. back to okay. back to his email, not our commentary. Okay, which all of them seem to have some combination of. We went to a heavy ATI church for eight years, met some very devoted Christian families, loving, kind, helpful, good, and faithful friends. Even so, I never liked the curriculum, couldn't quite place why. Because it was lame. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) The system treated their preferences as doctrine. Much of it is very loosely found in scripture or not scriptural at all. And I think that's a big problem right there. Yeah. Is preferences are a big difference. Right. You know, it's kind of like food allergies and preferences. (laughs) And no, but it's it's their preferences became the truth. And that's where you cross the line a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It turned the Protestant side of Christianity into something resembling the Catholic religion. Yep. You are spot on about them leaving the impression that Christianity did this atrocity to all of these victims, yet completely left out any reference to these victims ever walking with Christ outside of the cult or even to this day. In light of the recent Father's Day pagan holiday, yeah, with a winky face, <laughs> this whole this whole cult of confusion would be exterminated with the simple formula of fathers following Christ then leading their household. Thank you for your take on the basic conference. That was like prison camp. Strange, we paid to see an old video of Bill Gothard while furiously scribbling away to fill out this 100-page booklet. That is true. With fill-in-the-blanks from the tape. <laughs> <That's> true. Yeah. <laughs> I loved leaving that nightmare a half day early. Please keep reviewing materials like this that address different sects or ideologies we might run across in our Christian walk. Love the logo. Big fan brand. Big fan brand. brand. 
So thank you, Big Fan Brand, for that. Uh, that is, you, you know, filling out is funny. Uh, the the conference is all is so true. Yeah, the booklets are never ending. And uh, but no, that thank you so so but much. I like for that. that he does say that they went to a church that had a lot of ATI people, and they were they did meet loving and oh, kind. Oh, we've met and, some people. You know. Look, just because you were part of it does not mean you're a creep. Or your right. abuser, right? Or yeah. you know that exactly. that that is unfair. Right. You know, a lot of people enter it with good intentions, right? Think because they don't really know. Maybe they don't know a lot of doctrine, and they're looking for something. Like I said before, wholesome, right. yeah, and family oriented. Yeah, and it's yeah. also yes. unfair to say that all those people, all those victims of abuse and all that are lying you know so yeah. right both can be true you can have any kind of system that you have in place there's going to be goods and bads yeah <laughs> and, especially with that number of people yeah it's ask. just you 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 present something people believe it are trying to, to live a certain way and people fail like you were saying the answer to would be like father's day you know like hey fathers really did their job well that's a big if yeah. there's a lot of fathers aren't doing their job and, and yeah that would be true if, if fathers did their job that that would take care of these issues unfortunately um even after you get saved people don't know what to do right and yeah. they're looking yeah. for help and if you go to these these type of places and they give you answers, you're going to be more inclined to listen. And they gave you answers, and sometimes they just they they, they took they they took it a little too far, obviously. Yeah. And uh, we've known some people that were part of the ATI, and they understood that it was just a help, and it wasn't all consuming. And so they probably had a more balanced approach to it. But if you're one that just went into it, you're probably going to be disappointed somewhat. Yeah. But okay, so the next email. Now, this one is from Kurt. Now, a little backstory here um, that, that Kurt, we appreciate your sensitive spirit and all the, this is like a five page email. We're not going to read it all. But. Um, Larry had did it, had done a um, history oh, oh, with Larry. Yeah, yeah with uh, the Spadfords. Yes. And, and uh, um, well, first of all, I mean, I appreciate him pointing some things out that I didn't know. I didn't because I. Well, what you're talking about is on the YouTube channel. There's right, actually on, comments. Yeah, right? There's some comments and uh, about the Horatio Spafford and right. the, it is well with my soul. Um, I after his comment, I did do some further research, and yeah, he is right. He did change his belief. Spafford did right. Later in right, life, right? Yeah, I want to clarify that, right? <laughs> so, but you know, but, you're, you're, when we're doing history things, we are kind of limited to the sources that we go to, right? And it's hard to condense things down into a smaller format to right. keep, you know, because I want to keep it, you know, ten minutes or less, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but I do appreciate him going through and. Well, and, let me read his email here. Okay, so, yeah, go so ahead. We're going to read part of it, Kurt. Uh, I, I uh, we'll. we'll we're not going to read everything because it's a long one. But he says, uh, do you want to go ahead and read some of it? Sure. Okay, just read up there. Okay, it says, Dear Mike Charleston Show, I wanted to comment further on your Horatio Spafford video, but I think the YouTube algorithm is stopping me. I don't know about that, but... Uh, yeah, that I don't yeah. Yeah. I think he was kidding. But. Uh, by the way, I realized I was sounding a bit rude, so I have deleted a comment or two. I apologize. In, in your uh, Yours in Christ, Kurt Glennie. Now, look... Uh, look. Anybody out there are making a comment, like we have pretty thick skin. Yeah. Like I we were just a... reading a comment on someone's uh, posted on YouTube that, you know, challenged us a little bit on shiny, happy people. Look, man, your opinion is your opinion. Right. We I respect that. Yeah. We're not offended. No, I wasn't offended at all. Unless you, you call us fat or something, then we might be a little <laughs> bit, because I'm not, but, um, <laughs> you know, but... We appreciate your comments, right, yeah. and you take the time, especially Kurt here, he took a, the time to give us a bunch of things, and he, he, he put on here on the email, my YouTube comment, and he, it's a pretty long comment, and I, we were asking for his sources, and I didn't realize it. He posted them, but it was like, read more, and I forgot to hit the read more, uh, yeah. and there was all the resources, so that's what uh, he yeah. had listed all of his sources, the bibliography, all this stuff, so he did his homework. And I appreciated that. And then my blog, uh, he has a blog post here that, um, you know, if, if we read and we didn't read the blog post, sorry, man, because uh, I'm just now seeing this. But, but anyway, he has another email. And so go ahead. 
says, Dear Mike Charleston Show, it occurred to me that you are probably interested in my claim that Horatio Spafford was a heretic. Uh, not really, but I mean, I, kind of, a I, little bit. I realize that this is a very serious claim that needs to be backed up by sources. So here is an That's overview true. of my sources and reasoning. So, so then he said, in yours, Christ, uh, Kurgan. And so then he lists a whole bunch of things and maybe we can post that on the copy of that and put that in the on the youtube comments so if right, you care yeah. to, to yeah. see that because he does seem like he does um there's some mixed there's mixed messages here where his daughter claims that he's stopped believing in hell right and right. believing in satan in, in general Yeah, after he his email i did do some research on it and yeah right. it, he did change right and um I don't know why. I, I never could figure out why he changed it, but maybe it's because of the stuff he suffered in life. That right. He, but uh, even still, I mean, to say that to believe there's no hell or right. things like that, that's not biblical. I would like to believe there's not, but right. that's not what the Bible teaches. So Yeah, that's right. Okay, so then he goes on here where it says... This. Right, right yep, there. Yep. Um, this is the second time I find myself needing to apologize to you guys. <laughs> no, no, don't worry, man. But look, yeah. it's, it's one once is good. But okay, I, I get it. Gather that you read my blog post on the show. Um, so, well, the biometrics are telling me that Americans have been reading it. So. Okay, well, sure. how about that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Maybe we have to go back and read that. It was everything he pretty much sent us, I yeah. think, which was very well researched, by the way. Yeah, good job on that. Anyhow, I have removed the terrible offensive line. Larry, I do not think that you are any sort of a wolf. Now, I want to see that. I know. I'm I, like, I whoa. Want <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the offensive line. Um, no, um, so to make up for this, I have put the following at the end of the post. So then he puts what he put at the end of his post. Okay. So you may to keep going. Sure. As I was reading through this, I realized that I was sounding a tiny bit mean. One phrase in particular I have deleted. Larry, I apologize. I saw the next installments of History with Larry on George Washington Carver. I liked it a lot. I like the Who Am I format, particularly as it will lead to people reading history. Yep. Perhaps the subject of the video could be removed from the title as people like me like to play along at home. I wish Larry good luck and I look forward to future editions. Yeah, so, and he says, uh, you should watch the show now. There's a link. And then he says, go on, watch it. Why are you still reading this? <laughs> Nothing to see here. Still here. So he's just being funny. Yeah. And Well, I get it too. You get caught up and you and Plus, you know, trying to write something and you'd want to condense it. And so you may, it may not come across exactly the way you intended it or whatever, but. Hey, I've had I, to retract some words. Yeah, I mean, I'm stuff. not, didn't have, I wasn't offended we at all. We do a show, so. I can delete mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, the, the, his suggestion though, so this was an interesting thing though, and we might have to figure out how to do this. Um, is the the who am I format? You, I wasn't r realizing we didn't really talk about how you were going to do this, but you do this in a way that you reveal who it is at the end. Yeah, I try. I mean, no, I, I get know. it, and I and I like that. But we do like on, for YouTube now. If you're listening to the podcast, you don't get that. So right. you, you you're listening. And you're like, oh, I wonder who this is. So, but if you are in YouTube, like a lot of people are, you click on it. It says History Time with Larry. Oh, you know, yeah. and then it has the name of the person or a picture of it uh, but maybe like we could do it where we, we just have a little something about that person's life this person had 500 things to do with peanuts now most people would probably know that yeah, yeah. but um, Actually, you know give them a something to think about 300 but 300 whatever yeah, man I, I give them 500 <laughs> so all right well that's the emails if you please email us we would like to in incorporate people we were telling that people at the camp that Unfortunately, this is a one-way conversation most right, of the time. Yeah. I don't get to hear them, um, but uh, we would like to hear people uh, commenting back. But yeah, and I like to say thanks to Kurt. I mean, because it did spur me to yeah. do a little more yeah. research. We're first, not perfect so, here, yeah. and so, so yeah, I wasn't offended. You got a good all. point. We'll we'll own yeah. it and uh, we'll do some more research. And so we we do appreciate, man. You you put the time and effort. We'll read yeah. it. Yeah. So um, all right. Well, thanks a lot. Hey, if you have a question you want us to answer on the show, please just email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. That's talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. Music with Sarah. What song do you like? All right, babe. This is your song of the week. It is. And this week I had planned 
to do an older song. I thought most, of, I guess all the ones we've done so far have been more recent songs. Sure. So I was going to go back in the Wayback Machine. You were, but, but you just couldn't get this out of your head. After going on the, the trip that we just got off of, and he, I've heard this song probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 times in the last week, and I just can't get it out of my head. And I said, well, with our topic for today, it seemed very appropriate. So I, I went with it. And this song is called Abide. It's called Abide. Now, this particular version, you, it's Shane and Shane's Worship Initiative. Yes. It's Shane on, and Shane featuring Aaron Williams and Dwell songs. I don't know if that's a group or a person. Right. I think they actually wrote it. It's hard to tell who wrote it, but Dwell songs, I don't know what that is. Um, you can, I'm probably yeah. showing my age here. I, I just can't <laughs> keep track of all these new people. But we like the Shane and Shane version yeah. of uh, uh, on the worship initiative. I uh, don't know if I've ever heard the other version. Yeah, I don't think I've heard any others. But this one's really good, so you should go check it out. But it has one line in there that is repeated again and again and again. Oh, yeah, people love that, right? And well, yeah, p- probably not. But the line is, "I depend on you." Right. And at the end, it actually just they keep singing that for a little bit, That's and that has a pretty cello days. part. And right. anyway, but. Um, but I think that that is something that I wish most people understood and believed. And I feel like so often we don't. And Depending on him? Depending on him. Yeah. And so, I mean, it just starts with what, we, what, what do we depend on him for? And it starts with for my waking breath. I mean, just getting up in the morning and having life and a new day. We're dependent on God. Like we can't make that happen. It's right. like he gives us life for our daily bread. And that's one of the I am's that we talked about today was he's the bread of life. Like everything we need to sustain life he has, we have in him. And um, then for the sun to rise, you know, without the sun, there is no life. No, like, I like the sun. You know me. I, yeah. I am, I'm a sunny guy. So. <laughs> a little hot these days but it is but i still like i'd rather the sun than not i agree and i mean just without it just to think that there could be no life at all and yet we have no control over it so and um anyway so i just and then the when you get to the chorus it starts with you're the way the truth and the life again one of one of the i am statements that we talked about today and another thing that we depend on him for, like he's the source of everything that we have, everything that we need. And the well that never runs dry. Right. And kind of like the woman at the well. The woman at the well. And right. reading John most every day with the girls, we're reading that story and just thinking that, you know, he came to give us that living water that when we drink of it, we would never thirst again. And so. I'm, and I am the branch and you are divine. Again. One of the seven IMs that we talked about. And I know there's a line in there that I feel like sometimes maybe you didn't, you weren't so sure about. What's that? The the next one? Teach me to abide. Right. Because I think theologically we we abide in him. It tells us to abide in him and he abides in us. Right. But, you know, the the abiding, can we learn to abide or we just abide, you know? And I get what they're trying to say, you know, draw me close. They want to abide in in him, but it's not a, you don't keep going in and out. Uh, You abide. Right. But it does say if you abide. So to me, it makes seem like maybe could there be a way not to? Well, you either do or you don't. But yeah, I I mean, mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, it's, it's a, the last line of the chorus and it's, it's not that big of a deal to me. I guess it it's makes a song. me, I guess it makes me think like, um, maybe more teach me what it means to abide. Like, right. what does that mean? And like a, a branch isn't trying to do anything like you say, it just right. is there and it's part. And because it's connected to the vine, it has everything that it needs to sustain life and to bear fruit and to do all these things. So it's not trying to do anything. Nope. It just happens to be. But um, in, in all the study, like for the seven IMs, and I was listening to somebody talk about abide, and they were saying that abide means to remain or to stay, which, right. you know, like you say, you're just there. Right. So, but then um, he said another um, definition he heard was refusing to depart, which, you know, maybe is uh, whatever, however accurate that was, but I kind of liked that. And then he had another one that was inward, enduring, personal communion. And I Whoa. just thought, wow, okay. that's a that's a loaded thought right there. Mm. But, you know, I just, I don't know, I, I love the idea of abiding. And yes, it's not something we try to do. It's something that we just understand that we do, we do abide. Mm. And not only do we just abide, but it's like he is the husbandman. 
or the vine dresser or right. the whatever you want to call it. And it's like, if my tomato plants out there aren't producing fruit, it's not the branch's fault. No. It's not even the vine's fault. It's like, it's the, it's the gardener, the one who has to go and make sure that everything is as it's supposed to and be. And we so. have sure made many failures in that regard. Oh, we have. <laughs> but yes, but God does not. So... Uh, but yeah, so that is the song Abide by Shane and Shane, Aaron Williams, the Dwell songs. I, I don't know which one actually wrote it, but it's the Shane and Shane worship, worship initiative that we, we like that yeah. version. Yep. So that is Great Sarah's song. song of the week. The Mike Charleston Show. Marriage. All right, babe, this is the Marriage Minute, I guess, moment, whatever you want to call it. We're covering your book. What's the title of your book? You can run in flip-flops, but is that the best way? Yeah, and we were just recently at the camp in Ohio, and it was funny because that Saturday was actually National Flip-Flop Day, so we passed out a number of your books, all the books that we had. We didn't bring that many. And uh, so hopefully people out there are enjoying it, but uh, it was funny because it was National Flip-Flop Day. But anyway, what we are, what chapter are we on today? So this one's called To the Suffering Women. To the Suffering, is this a personal testimony? And uh, no. no, not exactly. But I feel like in life, suffering touches everybody at some it point does, right. and in different degrees. I mean, we went through, like I talked about in the chapter, I talked about us going through the flood. Going through the and flood. We that, saw it sounds like a song, right? We've gone through the flood. Did we go through the fire? Uh, well, no. Well, the house was part a little of the fire. fire but, but uh, anyway, um, but I mean, when we went through the flood, we did see a lot of suffering and there were people that you know, lost a lot. We lost a lot. Right. And, um, but you know, it's like, how do you respond to pain? How do you respond to loss? How do you respond to the hard times? Yeah. I mean, we, we've lost, uh, how would you say we, we had miscarriages and things that we had to, you know, babies that we had to, to, to birth and they obviously didn't make it. And there's, there's pain, there's loss, there's suffering. This, this world is full of suffering. Uh, one of the, the reasons why my grandmother never, uh, got saved was because how could a God uh, allow suffering in this world? And uh, she could never understand that sin was the issue. And um, anyway, that was, you know, so yeah, you're right. Suffering touches everyone. It does. And I mean, the Bible. And unfortunately in marriage and stuff, men like to, uh, well, not like to, but usually are the cause for a lot of suffering. Yeah, they are. And, hey, wait, you're not supposed to agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, out there, some people. Right. Um, no, but I feel like, you know, that's kind of why I wrote this chapter is a lot of women point to their husbands for the cause of their suffering right. and they feel like it's unfair. They feel like, you know, it's just too much for them to go through. And, you know, the Bible does tell us that we're all going to suffer in this world. You'll have right. tribulation, you'll have suffering and suffering actually is given to us to produce something in us. Right. And if we let it, instead of kicking and screaming and, you know, complaining about it. And so, I mean, suffering is terrible and it's terrible for wives out there whose husbands are, you know, causing them to suffer. Right. And specifically, I think in this book, that's what you're referring to somewhat. Right. Is not just suffering in general, even though that is part of it. Yeah. Like you can, there's certain things that you can't control and that is how a husband is treating you. Right. And, or maybe you know, other friends that are really close to you and some of those are out of your control, but what can you do to yeah. handle it? You know, yeah. you can handle what you can handle. And obviously the Lord is with us and, and brings us through these times. And there's a few reasons, um, uh, we'll get back to your book in just a second, but there's a few reasons why God will maybe allow suffering. One is maybe to discipline, you know, and the other one is to build character and to, um, Prove our faith, you know, is to uh, refine our faith. But anyway, go ahead. Well, and not to steal your show. No, it's all good. But um, the, I guess my my thought in writing this chapter was that so many women, especially, seem to be very spiritually minded, sure. and they, you know, they think of themselves as more spiritual, and then they can't handle that their husbands are treating them wrongly in whatever way, and they just can't deal. They can't handle the suffering, so they. They go and complain to other people and many of them end up leaving right. and feel justified in their leaving because of all the pain and you know turmoil that their husbands have put them through. And especially for Christian women, I feel like 
you know, we're going to face things that are difficult. And it's a shame if it's your Christian husband that maybe could be putting you through that. But whatever the case, we go through things, but we do have Christ. And so I I feel like, you know, Christian women, they'll be quick to say, oh, I would die for my faith. And I would, you know, I'd give my life for the sake of the gospel. And I would, you know, I'd go through torture. I'd go through all these things. And, you know, we say that, but yet we're not willing to put up with a husband who treats us the way that he does, you know? And I just feel like, okay, so how is it that, you know, you'd be willing to go give your life and, you know, if God called you in the mission field, oh, I do that. And I'd live in whatever kind of state. But then when your husband doesn't come home and say, oh, wow, you made a wonderful supper and you look beautiful today, then, you know, we're not willing to deal with that. I'm not loved and, you know, and I have, I'm justified in being angry. And that, that's that's not the right attitude, right? right. Obviously, yeah. and, and so yeah, I doubt these women or men in general that complain can go through some of these things of true tribulation. Like some of the things that we hear women complain about are totally first world problems. I mean, right. we're just like, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. give me a break. There's people out there getting their brains beat in, and there, there's people who are being abused in in, in terrible ways especially outside of America. I'm not saying that there's not inside of America. There, there's, right. there's, there's abuse everywhere. But there are people who are actually being persecuted for their faith, and you can't even go through a little bit of suffering for, this, for, for, for God because you made a, a commitment, a vow to someone, and you're searching your scriptures to get out. Uh, you're going to do the same thing when persecution comes. You're going to justify why you've compromised your faith and because yeah. you don't like pain. You don't like, and none of us like pain. I mean, come on. But you, you're, you, you can say all those things about, I'm going to die for the gospel. I'm going to, you know, when, when persecution comes, I will do this. Well, you're, you're, not, very, you're not practicing very well. No. And look, I get it. There is a, a time where a guy may be mistreating you in a very terrible way. And there's time to get help for that. And you may need to get people involved and you may need to get the authorities involved. But man, do we understand the power of Christ and that, that Christ can be with us? Do we truly understand what it means to have Christ with us? And that even when things don't go our way, and I think that's the biggest problem. It's not going our way. You know, we were very selfish in that. And I don't think women are the only ones to, to deal with this, you know, but when it's not going our way, how do we deal with it? And we're to be Christ-like and Christ didn't give up. He didn't quit when when people spit in his face, ripped his beard out and beat him and hung him on a cross. He didn't quit. And he could have. He could have had the angels come down and and take him. And he could have had a good reason, my goodness. But he suffered it for us. And that is our example as men specifically. But even women, they can have the example of Christ that, hey, we're going to do the right thing. And if that means honor and obey uh, our husbands, even when they don't do things the right way. Um, now, if they're doing things criminally, you know, that's maybe a different story. But, you know, right. come on, man. You, you, some ladies just are really looking for excuses. But pretty anyway. much. Yep. I'm going to start preaching now. Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so pretty much that's the, that's the gist of the chapter. chapter. Is, you know, where's your faith? Where's your hope? And if it's in Christ, then... Is God big enough? Yeah. Right. Is God big enough? Be amazed at what God can do. And you don't know the end of the story. Right now, you may be going through a hard time, but you don't know five years from now where God's going to bring you and your husband or you and a friend that you're, you're struggling with right now or a church or, you know, God... You know, we heard someone one time, he, he was a comedian, but he, was, he had a message and he's like, in 24 hours, things can change and you just don't know when that could happen. And it is amazing when God's involved, things can change. So anyway, if you want to go pick up a book, we'll, we'll put the link up here. It's on Amazon. Uh, just let us know. You can follow along and, uh, and read the book and go help Sarah out, man. Hey, this is Joshua Charleston, the producer of The Mike Charleston Show. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to follow us, we're on Facebook at Mike Charleston Show and Instagram at underscore Mike Charleston Show. Please support us on Patreon for exclusive content. This episode is over, but if you want more, check out the website at fellowshipofbelievers.org for more information. The Mike Charleston Show has been brought to you by Fellowship Believers.